everybody, it's Sam Bennett. Thank you so much for joining me for the True Freedom Symposium, the when, what, why, and how to quit your day job and what's really on the other side. My interview today is with my dear friend, Carol Allen. Carol is a lifetime member of the American Council of Vedic Astrology. Vedic Astrology is Indian astrology, so it's different than Western astrology, but same kind of idea. In private practice, Carol has counseled thousands of people in the area of relationships, finances, health, career, real estate, travel, and conception. She's been a featured guest on dozens of local and nationally syndicated radio shows, and her writings have appeared in many books, including Hot Chocolate for the Mystical Soul, A Second Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul, Whole Life Times, New Women's Spirit, and a lot more. Since Carol found out that most of her clients want to know about love and money, she became an expert in both love and business. She especially loves the insights that Vedic astrology can lend to the areas of romance and interpersonal compatibility. And she blends this information from the stars with her years of research to give really incredibly helpful and useful advice. She's been at this since 1991, so she really knows her stuff. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's Sam Bennett from TheOrganizedArtistCompany.com with the gorgeous and talented Carol Allen. Hi, Carol. Aw, hi, Samantha. I'm so happy to be here. I just adore you. And I love all your books that are behind you on the shelf. (laughs) Everyone, you have to notice, the best. I have all of those. So here's what's hilarious about this, y'all. So, you know, you think like, oh, you're in business. You get good at marketing. You get good at positioning. I had this set up for years now, and Carol this morning is like, where are your other books, Sam? I'm like, oh yeah, I should put the other books up there too. So yeah. just, you know, we're always learning, we're always growing, and this is why it's great to have good friends who are on your side who are like, why aren't you showing off more of your books? And pretty soon there's going to be more, I'm just saying. It's true, we're working, we're working, we're beavering away. So um, Carol, tell, you have a really unusual niche and career that you have done incredibly yes. well with. Like you're involved in like four things that nobody even knows exists. And yet <laughs> you're able to support, you know, a husband and a household and many gorgeous, cute animals. And um, four-legged. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I'm the proud owner of a trailer, people. (laughs) That's right. And you've got the trailer in the backyard. So tell the nice people how you got from where you were to where you are. How did all this happen? Oh, okay. Do you want the inspirational story or the real story? (laughs) We want the real story. We want the real story. Okay. So, you know, well, first of all, you and I have been around a while, So I got started when there was no internet, when I didn't have email, when I didn't own a personal computer. So I did all those good old fashioned things like, oh gee, speak around town for free. Uh, When you had a newsletter, it meant you sat on your floor with a stapler and a sponge and a thing of water and you stuffed envelopes. So it was like a huge deal to send it once a quarter. right? And uh, so I did all that old fashioned stuff for a really long time. And the truth of it is, whenever people are getting started, I always tell them to do that because you want to be out in the world. You want real people in real time giving you real feedback. And then if you're doing something where you're trying to touch lives, which I'm doing, and all of your people, I'm sure, in some capacity, of course, are trying to touch lives, then, you know, people want to know you, and they want to feel 
a connection to you and they want to feel like they trust you, like they get you. And so you do want to be out in the world for a while in the beginning. And, and, you know, people come to me all the time and they say, Oh, I'm trying to create a product or I'm trying to create a Facebook group or I'm trying to create a following and I can't seem to get any traction. And I say, well, when you work with people, what kind of feedback do they give you? And they say, well, what do you mean? And I say, well, this, this expertise that you have, or this area that you love, or this thing that you're trying to create, you know, what's your experience with it? And a lot of them have no experience and they, they're listening to some internet, big muckety muck, self-appointed, self-anointed guru who's only had success teaching success, by the way. So it's like a pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> Who says, oh, create a product first and oh, you know, create a following and do this, this and this, and then you'll get traffic. And they've never, you know, they've never really done the thing they're trying to do. So I always say, give it away for a while. Like talk to a hundred people first, get feedback, give surveys, see what works, see what doesn't. I mean, 27 years in, every time I do a session with somebody, I get an idea, right? You know, it's like, we think we know what people want, or we think we know what people are going to like, but really it's when you're in the trenches that you get the best ideas. So, so anyway, that's how I started. And, and it was very much like one foot in front of the other. It was very much a, an evolution. And I was so lucky because so many amazing people came along and helped me, but I was, I was out in the world meeting them and networking and going to events and, uh, and, and hiring help like crazy. I've always asked for help. You know, I think, you know, you're working with creatives and creatives often are introverts, which is one of the most important talents of somebody who's trying to create art or books or is you got to be able to do what's called the talent of the room. You got to be able to sit in a room for a long time. So people that are often the most gifted at the creation side of it often hate the other stuff. Right? They hate the world side of it. And uh, they hate the socializing side of it. They hate the networking side of it. And what they also really hate is the tooting their own horn side of it. They hate going like, hello world, you need to look at my baby. You need to look at my art or my book or my poetry or my seashell, you know, macrame plant holders. <laughs> Those are so cool. And if you can't, yeah. Oh my God. We all need more seashell macrame plant holders. But if you can't tell people about what you're up to, if you can't stand in front of anyone and talk about it, if you can't take it out of the, the, the safe and the closet and the file cabinet, if you can't do that, then you go get help doing that, you know? And I don't know about you, Sam. I mean, I know you come from a performing background, as do I. I was so comfortable being in shows and being in plays. But when it was time to be Carol Allen, when I wasn't hiding behind, like, a character or makeup or, you know, an ensemble, when it was just me being me, I was a flipping nervous wreck, I mean, I remember one of the first talks I gave, it was to like 20 people that I knew in like a little like breakfast networking gathering. 
I was shaking. My voice was quivering. My knees were knocking. There was like a clanging noise and it was my ankles clanging. <laughs> I mean, like for real. And I stuttered and I said a lot of ums and um, like that. And uh, it was, it was a mess. And, but what happens is you don't die and you go, whoa, I didn't die. And then three people come up and go, that was great. And then nobody else cares, right? So nobody's like sniggering and laughing at you and throwing their breakfast in your face. Like it, you find out that you're not such a big deal and none of it's a big deal, right? And, and then somebody comes up and says what you said really touched them or really helped them. And then you get that it's not about you, thank God, right? And then, you know, and then that gives you courage. So pretty soon I was talking more, pretty soon I was like invited on cable access, goofy TV shows that my dentist would see, nobody else. <laughs> I think 13 people would watch those, right? But do you remember when cable access was on channel three? Do you remember this? And to turn on your VCR, you had to be on channel three. So hmm. people would turn on channel three and this thing repeated this one show I was on. So actually a lot of people ended up seeing it because they were like trying to put in a video and there was Carol Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so I did some goofy cable access and then I got on public radio, which I got to tell you, oh my God, for anyone that you work with that's watching this, that is trying to get clients, Public radio was unbelievable. I would do a radio show and I would come home and I would, I would have 50 to hundred phone calls. Wow. From people saying, can I hire you? And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> you want to like pay my bills for the next six months? I mean, it was so much fun. And then I'll never forget. I joined this incredible networking group in Los Angeles where I met so many near and dear friends of ours, Rhonda Britton, Shelly Campbell, I can trace so many gifts in my life back to this one incredible networking group, which anyone in the Southern California area, it's called the Worthwhile Referral Service. And I walked in there and I just had this intuition immediately that it was going to change my life. And through years, and I mean like nine years of being in this group, I got so comfortable pitching my wares and being on radio shows that when somebody said to me, hey, do you want your own radio show? I was like, sure. And, you know, I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm to the point where I've spoken in front of hundreds of people on a stage. I spoke in front of 300 men. You want to get nervous. <laughs> and I was also speaking about something completely controversial to them that was a complete disagreement with the previous speaker. And I was fine, you know? So anyone listening to this that thinks like all of this is scary, it's scary if you're looking at your end goal. It's easy if you're looking at the right next step. And I love, you have a meme that I saw the other day on Facebook that I actually saved that's so beautiful where you say, you know, essentially you don't have to do the whole thing, just do the next right step. Right. And that's so true. And, you know, 27 years of next right steps, I've had a lot of fun. It's gone really well, but, and you can do it a lot faster than I did. <laughs> Please do. Please, Please do. do. Please do. Well, cause that's it. It really is. It's so much easier now to reach the people who are interested in what you're doing. It's you know, insane. 
Because I was the same way when I was when I was a full time actor. Like, if you met me once, you were gonna get postcards about my shows for the rest of your natural life. And it was me sitting on the floor in my living room, sticking stamps and checking addresses because people move around a lot. Like, it was a it was a lot of work. Um, But you know what? That you never know. I mean, I would send Christmas cards to clients, mm -hmm. and I learned an amazing trick in uh, Jelly Campbell's seminar. Her uh, her financial stress reduction workshop, uh, where, you know, you, you, you share testimonials. So I do something completely weird and strange. As you said, I started as a Vedic astrologer, which is Indian astrology from India. So, you know, you want to have zero credibility in the world, be an astrologer. <laughs> well, just no credibility in the U S in the rest of the world, you know, well, that's true. In several India, hundred thousand people take this very seriously. <laughs> yes. In India, I would be like invited by heads of state to dinner, right? And I would, uh, I would be a bigger deal for sure. But, uh, but here, you know, my own brother-in-law like laughs at me. I mean, here it's like it's it's I, there's it's so funny. I always tell this story. The head of uh, the head of oh, what's that called? It's um, where they have like huge telescopes and they have planetarium and they have. Um, Oh, my brain. Anyway. Laboratory? Uh, uh, no. Um, <laughs> ah. Anyway, the head of it, who's a head physicist and a head astronomer, lives on my street. How weird is that? Like an astrologer and astronomer live like houses apart on the same street. And, uh, and observatory, Griffith Observatory. This guy oh. runs observatory. Thank you. So I went, I never met him. And then I finally met him after 10 years or so of living on the same street. I told him what I did. And I said, we do something related, but you probably won't be impressed. Cause I knew, right. And oh my God, Sam, this guy literally said to me, die, mortal enemy, die. <laughs> oh my. And I thought, I thought he would laugh like in the next breath and he did not laugh. <laughs> So yeah, so you want to do something with zero credibility, be a Vedic astrologer in America. And amongst Vedic astrologers, I get no credit because I look like a valley girl and they're all like Hare Krishnas and, you know, Maharishi devotees and they all have spiritual names and they all meditate eight hours a day. And I'm like, hey, what's up? (laughs) I I go to the conferences with like planet patches on my jeans and I... um, yeah. So anyway, so I can't, I get no respect, Sam. I get no respect. I know. But um, you get all the money, so that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, but so when some, oh, I get all the money, you're hilarious. Well, that is true. Um, but when, uh, when a client gives you great feedback, when a customer gives you great feedback, when someone reads your poetry and cries, what you want to do is you want to say, hey, can I quote you? Would you mind sharing what you what your thoughts were? And it's not because you want to brag, because again, it's not about you. Right. It's about then your work, your the thing you love, the thing you've de- devoted years to developing and cultivating, the thing that you that is your path, the thing that is your thing, will reach more people and will breathe more life into the world. And so get over yourself and just ask. And if somebody's uncomfortable, they'll say no. But have you ever had anyone say no? I've never had anyone say no. Never. And here's how I ask though, because this took me a long time to work out. Because yeah, you really want to use testimonials. It's so helpful 
for other people, first of all, it has just so much more credibility for somebody else to say how great you are rather than right. you say how great you are. But right. also they will express maybe the concerns they had before they worked with you or some unexpected results that maybe you wouldn't have anticipated. Right. So that can be helpful too. And it's really great for a prospective customer to see an existing client going, well, I was a little worried about Kat, Carol because she talks like a valley girl, but then it turns out that she's like incredibly wise and enlightened and a genius and I love her. Um, right? So, you know, they can sort of see some of their reluctance, you know, whatever it is that made them True. Uh, apprehensive because yeah. you right. can address those things right away. Right. I get it. This feels like a risk. And so here's what I do is I write, I say, oh, you know, can I quote you as a, you know, can I use your quote as a testimonial? Um, if not, no worries, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Lovely. I love this phrase. I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Love it. it. Reminds me of like, oh, that's right. This isn't me asking. This is the business asking. Right. Right. This is me as the parent of my business trying to take good care of my business. So it would be irresponsible of me as a business owner to not try and capitalize on this person's kind words or this referral or this recommendation or this whatever. Well, I'm going to go even deeper since I am so wise and you spiritual, are. as you just said, this is your, this is your Dharma asking. Dharma is like your purpose, your destiny, your life's mission. This is bigger than your business. Even this is like, you owe this gift that you have your full support and it's gonna change the world it's yeah. gonna change the world and it's gonna heal the world i mean we never before have needed art more we've never before needed creativity more if if everyone can we just go to washington dc please and give everyone art therapy sam <laughs> can you get everyone to do your 15 minute projects about that right Syria, could everyone do a 15 minute project about it? Exactly. Right? I mean, it's not, it's, it, it really is that serious, right? And, and, um, and, you know, back to the point about sitting on the floor with postcards, I, when you follow up with people, when you keep in touch, when you, when you stay, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to bother them. They already know about me. I don't want to bother them. They already know about my work. I don't want to bother them. Oh my gosh, I've always had so much repeat business and it's not because I'm so much better than everyone else and it's not because I'm so much smarter. I had such incredible teachers and colleagues all along, but they didn't do that marketing stuff. And they would say things to me like, oh, Carol, you know, clients only come to somebody like us once or twice. And I'd be like, wait, what? Uh, every year I send this testimonial sheet that says, what has Vedic astrology done for you lately? telling stories, sharing amazing results people got. And it, what that does is it educates my other customers and clients about how Vedic astrology can be used. They don't know it can help with fertility. They don't know it can help with real estate. They don't know it can help with signing contracts. They don't know it can help you pick the day to get your teeth pulled, right? They think it's just, tell me about me and tell me about my relationships, which is so important. But they don't know all this other stuff. So I would send that every year and my phone would ring off the hook for the next month or two. Yeah. So these yeah, things- and I've had people, I just got an email today from somebody who has been on my email list since 2009. Love it. Like almost 10 years. She's been, and you know, I send a lot of emails. Like <laughs> she's been getting and emails. And they're so adorable and so much fun. And I read them all the time. I read yours too. And <laughs> like, fan girl. Um, 
but it's, you never know when you're going to hit somebody. And especially with email, it's like, you can't bother them. They are hundred percent in charge of the process. Yeah. They don't have right? to read it. They don't have to read it. They can save right. it. They can delete it. They can unsubscribe. They can send it to their mom. They can, whatever. They can put it in a right. folder. I'm not in charge. I can't bother them. I can't make right. them read it. If I could make them read it, then I would be bothering them. Right. But I can't. All I can do is put up as much interesting stuff as I can so that they want to read it. Right. right. So you brought so many things. I hope all of you are like writing notes like crazy. So just start is one of the things I heard loud and clear. Like just start with some actual people, probably not your family and friends because your family and friends are going to think you're a crazy person, but their friends might be a good place to start. Oh yeah, totally. I would say start right where you are. Start right where you are. What a great book title. Um, I always tell people like, have it, like everybody's got that friend who's really good at throwing together parties. You, for example, <laughs> you're my friend. Yeah. Um, That's true. Right. If I wanted to, um, you know, maybe start something new, if I wanted to like opening up a marketing arm of the business or something, which I don't, but let's say I did, yeah. I might, um, I might say, oh, let me ask Carol to have a little tea party. She could gather maybe yeah. six or eight of the entrepreneurs she knows and yeah. we could get together a little bit. And then I would just ask for 20 minutes to say, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Tell me your concerns about marketing or tell me your concerns about hiring team or your relationships or whatever it is that I'm doing. And just to like get some actual feedback in a room in a fairly low stress way, like dedicate a Saturday afternoon to it you know, spend a hundred bucks on tea cakes and see what happens. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, so start where you are, do the, do the actual legwork yourself, get out there and talk to people. Right. And this thing it's come up over and over again. <clears throat> relationships are everything. Oh my God. For everything. It's crazy. You know, everything you want will come to you through someone else. It's, it's insane. It's and, insane. Not, and not staying in touch with people is costing you a fortune. Everything good that's happened to me in my entire life, Sam, has happened because I went to a party. Okay. So I'm actually not kidding. I mean, I met a woman at a party that got me my own radio show after a five minute conversation with her. I met my husband at a party. I met the man that introduced me to, to the people that gave me my huge break at a party. Uh, I mean, it's like whenever things are kind of in a rut, I always go, I got to go to a party. And so you you say I'm great at throwing parties. It occurred to me to, to start throwing them. And right. so I created, as you know, a networking group of a bunch of us, uh, called the homie hookup crew, because every time I tried to do the traditional thing, like get an agent, get a manager, hire a publicist, it was a nightmare. Every time I've been on TV, it was through a friend. Every time I've been like in a major media thing, like, you know, a magazine, a chicken soup for the soul book, like it was through a friend saying, Hey, there's this thing. It's always been through friends. It's always been through people that knew me and cared about me. And so you want to be more successful, get more people that know you and care about you and get around more successful people. Yeah. Be, don't be afraid to approach like the big shots. I mean, you and I know a lot of big shots now. And wouldn't you say like, like they're not that big of a deal after all, like they're just, they're celebrities. They're just like us, right? They see the parking meter. <laughs> they walk their dog with Starbucks in their hand and their phone in the other hand. Like totally, totally. 
And they need friends too. And you're delightful if you're here with Sam. You have to be, you must be. She only attracts the best. That's right. And they'll love you. I love you back. Here's one of of the reasons I wanted you on this though, is because- Well, it's like our our friend Amy, our friend Amy I just saw, of course, Oh my gosh, she loves- She's on the summit. She's, they've, they've met her, She's or they will. She's being interviewed in this. Well, she's awesome. And she loved Sark, of course, the succulent wild woman creator. Also interviewed in the summit. Okay, so of course, because you only have the best. <laughs> so Amy was madly in love with Sark all college, all after college. Like she's been like, Sark, my dream of dreams. Well, she and Sark are now best friends, business partners, like for real, like best friend. I mean, you're her real best friend, Sam, but next to you, you live far away. So she and Sark are like together all the time. And, you know, tell, tell college student Amy that, that that was going to happen. She never imagined that would happen. So whoever you really love, whoever you really want to know, like, Hey, maybe stalk them. (laughs) It's true. It's not that hard to connect with people. And I think Go it was their events, t- right? Was it, was it you who told me that, that the average person knows 600 people? Oh, no. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So the average person knows 600 people. So that feeling you have of like, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody famous. Nobody knows, knows anybody famous. Untrue. Right. Untrue. Take two minutes to start thinking about it. Like, well, like they say in the coaching world, if I did know somebody, who would I know? Right. You know, if I were connected, who might I know who might be connected? And really well, just start following the breadcrumbs. And you never know who people know. I mean, especially in a city like ours where, I mean, you have eight famous boyfriends, right? Like I have an English Lord friend with a full on English estate and elephants in his front yard. Like you never know. But again, with see- the elephants, I mean, come on, aren't we over it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm always going to brag about that. I'm sorry. But um, so if you see me running around town with my greasy hair and my jeans and a t-shirt and you're a shop owner, you might ignore me in a shop because I don't look like all that in a bag of chips. But maybe I was going to tell my English Lord friend. Maybe I was going to tell my big shop friend, Samantha Bennett, about this amazing shop. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always shocked whenever people don't like fawn over me at stores. I'm always like, these people are idiots. This is Los Angeles. Maybe I just sold a screenplay and I have $3 million in my pocket. What are they thinking? You know, this is my number one tip for running a business. Actually, maybe even just for running a life, treat them like you like them. Treat them like you like them. Treat customers like you like them. them, You will like them. Right. (laughs) Your team like you like them. Treat, you know, Treat, treat strangers like you like them, treat potential partners like you like them. Just like, how would I like to be treated? Like, I'd like people to remember my name. I'd like people to acknowledge when I walk in the door. I'd like yes. people to pay me promptly. I would like to be paid promptly. Oh, yes. You know, oh, yes. I will pay others promptly. Like, treat them like you like them. And if you have to say something difficult, if you can't say something nice, say it nicely. Right? Yeah. So here's one of the other reasons I wanted you on, other than just your bubbly personality, is... <laughs> um, one of the things that I've learned from you about Vedic astrology is, is how people's, the, the, the seasons in someone's life can yes. determine a certain amount of flow. And I think we've oh, all yes. experienced where it's like, we're like banging our head against the wall forever. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I can't find the perfect person to marry, or I can't find my career. Right. Or I can't find, I can't get pregnant. I can't this, I can't that. And like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, nothing's happening. And then one day, uh-huh, like, totally it all just unfolds. You're like, what just happened? Right. So what just happened? (laughs) 
You know, that's such a great question. I, I like to mix metaphors with this, with this topic. So I use the analogy of the seasons, farming, and train schedules. So we all have our own train schedule. And oftentimes people come to me and they think something's wrong with them. They think something's wrong with their approach. They think something's wrong with their abilities. And yes, they can always get more systems in place. They can always get better help like you. I mean, it's always a good idea to have somebody like Sam, right? Um, and oftentimes what I see is it's, it's, it's as though the thing they want is in Santa Barbara, but they're on a train in San Francisco and they're starting to freak out and they're sitting on the train going, I don't know how to ride a train clearly. I don't know, you know, where to put my bag. I don't know where to sit. I'm just a train failure, right? Because on the way to Santa Barbara, the train stops OG in, you know, Atherton and then it stops in Menlo Park and then it stops in, you know, Las Gatas. And then it's, I mean, it's like, it's a lot of, are we there yet? Is this my thing? Is this my success yet? Is this my person yet? Is this my money yet? Is this my recognition yet? Is this the gallery saying yes yet? Is this the publisher saying yes yet? And, a, and, and for a long time, it's no. I mean, ask anybody, entrepreneurial, artistic, your whole crowd, mm -hmm. did they get on the train and they immediately were in Santa Barbara? No. <laughs> I know two people that happened for. <laughs> I know one person, it's John Cleese. I read his memoir and I threw it a, across the room. I was so mad at him, okay? The guy was just like, success, success. Like he was in a Broadway show while he was in college. It was so annoying. Um, who, who are your two people and how do we kill them? <laughs> Uh, two of my second city friends. I'll tell this. I'll tell this story another time. But okay. they like were like you know doing a little show in Detroit, and then the next thing they were represented by William Morris and starring on According to Jim. Like my friend Larry. It's it's like oh really okay right. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher he moved here his first day. Got that '70s show. These are the outliers, and right. these people make the rest of us want to quit. But don't quit because probably you're just at the wrong station and your station is just a few stations away. And that's, I see that all the time and people do want to quit because we do need acknowledgement from the world and we do need money and we do, it's okay to want attention. It's okay to want validation from others. It's actually really hardwired into us as humans. It's why we care so much when we don't get it. It's part of our survival. It's part of your, your lizard brain. And you know what? I've seen people become famous and you think, oh no, they're going to become insufferable. And I've seen it actually be like a healing for people. Mm. I've seen people really calm down and their heart open and they feel, they finally feel good enough. And yes, we can judge them that they shouldn't have needed that and they should have felt good enough anyway. But you know what? It was really a healing for them. So no, we're tribal animals. I mean, we we yes. are we are designed to live in groups. Of course, we care about the group. If we get kicked out of the group, we're out on an ice floe and we die, right? Yeah. And our animal brain knows that. Right. Um, and I always think it's funny when people think like, "Oh, if I get really rich or really successful, I'm going to like turn into some horrible person." It's like, sweetheart, if you're not a horrible person already, it's probably not going to happen. Like, yeah. No, they say you just become more of who you are. So if you're generous, you'll be more generous because you'll have more to give. If you're stingy, you'll be more stingy because you have more to protect. It's like, you'll just be who you already are on steroids. Here's what I said the other day. I actually put this down on a post-it because I thought it was so clever. Um, treat your money like you're already rich. 
treat your time like you're already a celebrity. Ooh. Ooh. Well, wouldn't that mean I'd be blowing my money though? Going <laughs> <laughs> to Paris. Well, if that's the case, I gotta go to Paris right now, Sam. I gotta go. Right? No, but I feel like people are like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say, like, I don't have enough money to start saving. I don't have enough money to invest in marketing. Okay. I don't have enough money to, you know. Right. Like totally. I'll start doing that. I don't have enough money to give to charity. Like I'll start doing that when I have more. It's like, no, right. no do it on percentages. You might be putting 1% into savings. You might be giving 1% away. Right. You might be putting 1% into marketing, but start with 1%. You're so right. I love that. Yeah. And use the silver just because it's Tuesday, you know, wear your jewelry from grandma. You have awesome jewelry from grandma. Right. <laughs> but I've put another one. I was like, Oh, I think it's this day day. Uh, yeah. 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 I love that. Sam. So understanding that, yeah, that there are, and, and, and a Vedic astrologer can, you know, can, and, and other people too, can help you see some of those seasons. Cause I, I also know that a lot of yes. your clients experience, again, that deep relaxation when they're like, oh, it's really not time for me to re meet the love of my life. Right. That's actually more like two or three years from now. So right. great. I can spend this time having fun. I can spend this time working on my career. I can spend this time totally. build, building my own family. Like who needs, you know, I can, Mr. and Ms. Perfect can come later. I'm going to, you know, build the house and home I want to have, you know, whatever. Like it, it just helps with the decision-making a little bit. Well, and everything is, you know, hindsight in 2020, of course. Right. And so for me, when I was on the train and I'm sure for you too, between San Francisco and Santa Barbara, I was working on all the things I do now as though I knew it was coming. So I was doing all these disparate things that seemed like they had nothing to do with each other. So like you, I was studying acting and improv. Like you, I was studying writing. I was studying astrology. I was learning in my clientele and my client base to do some marketing. And I spent 10 years in astrology classes, 10 years in acting classes, 10 years in writing groups for real. And then here came this opportunity where this huge emperor of the internet came along and said, you, can you write? And I was like, why, yes, I can. Can you sell? Why, yes, I can. Can you speak? Why, yes, I can. Like everything I'd been doing completely 1 million percent fit this business model that this guy was offering me. And it was as though I knew all along. So if you feel like you're slaving away and you're not getting anywhere and it's, it's pointless, ask yourself, do you love it? I kept taking writing classes because I loved it. I kept taking acting classes because I loved it. I kept taking astrology classes because I loved it and it was my bread and butter job fairly quickly into it. And so that's when you know it's right is when it feels like it's making you more alive. If you just do the things that are making you more alive, it's all gonna work out. But that's, the, that's how to tell what your next right thing is, is what's the thing that lights you up? I mean, I'm sure everybody on your series has said this, but it really is true. I walked into that networking group and I got full body chills and I literally said, this is going to change my life. And then they had a drawing and I won a huge bouquet of flowers, huge. It was like the universe saying, yes. And I spent nine years eating a lot of rubber chickens, right? Listening to a lot of like investment bankers talk about investing. I mean, there was a lot of times where you could have argued like, what is being in that group getting you, Carol? But then somebody would put me on a radio show for Disney where I'd go home and have 200 phone calls for clients. And then somebody else 
would have me speak at a party where a producer would be there and she'd get me on extra or Dr. Drew, right? And so, and then ultimately that's the place where I ultimately met the guy that got me my big break with the emperor of the internet and um, which totally was a game changer. So it's like, just trust what you feel. And if people say to you, well, how's that going to work? You know, all those linear concrete people right. in life, like, well, how's that going to work? And how long is that going to take? And how much is that going to cost? And what's that going to do? And what's the profit margin? Just go, you know what? It feels totally right. And I'm completely lit up. And oh, by the way, and I made amazing friends there too, OG. Um, and I met like dentists who would barter with me and redo all my fillings. I mean, like you can't lose people. Right? <laughs> You know, just do that stuff and you'll have an amazing life and you'll love the journey. And even to those of you, you know, and like I said, the, the, the stated purpose of this summit is to help people really get enough clarity so they can make a decision to either say, ooh, that entrepreneurship thing is really interesting to me. I want to learn more about that. I want to invest in that. I want to, you know, start investigating that path or to say, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> but either way, you're here listening because there's something not working in your life, right? There's some, there's some level of dissatisfaction. There's some level of, of discontent. And I had a client actually take the Get It Done workshop one time, and she was not self-described as a creative. She was not like, she's like, oh, I am so not artistic. I'm so not a creative. And she had a big job in a nonprofit that I um, was on the board of advisors for. Uh, Love it. But she took it to like zhuzh up her life. So oh, she made it. her project like, how can I have more fun? How can I light myself up? I don't even know what I like anymore. So like week one, she goes salsa dancing. Week two, she read an article about how to create an altar in your bedroom. And she's like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm making an altar in my bedroom. You know, she was like, week three, I'm going to eat more mangoes because I love mangoes. Like it was just, it. right. And sure enough, by the end of the six weeks, she had found the love of her life. Love that. Right. Because she was lighting herself up more. You know, our hearts are magnets. This has been proven by the HeartMath Institute, who all of us talk about because they're in, their research is so amazing. And your heart really is a magnet, but it only magnetizes things to you when you are resonant with your own heart, when you're in alignment with your own heart, when your heart is joyful and open. So I always say to people, you want to have more love in your life, you have to love your life. Yeah. You want to attract people that love you. You have to love you and you have to love what you're doing. You have to love where you live. You have to love what you eat. You have to love who you surround yourself with. So every day go, do I love this shirt? Do I love these earrings? Do I love my car? And as much as you can love everything, you really can love all of it. I mean, I know you got that ping about Carpinteria and you love where you live. And like none of us could drag you out of there with like a crane or a tank or like a bus. Mm -mm. She's not going anywhere, people. Mm -mm. She is going out feet first and that's the only way she's going out. So it's great. And, and, and you know, as soon as you move there, here comes more love. I mean, you like, your whole life became love. You got your book deals, you got... It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. So, so just tell the linear people, the concrete people, thank you very much. Everything's fine. Thank you for trying to take care of me and protect me. Cause you know, but people that are watching this that don't think entrepreneurship is for them. I will tell you, I'm a hippie dippy, California creative, like new agey, like woo woo sleep all day kind of girl. Okay. 
And I have fallen totally in love with business. It is so interesting. I have fallen totally in love with metrics. It is so much fun looking at numbers and the story numbers tell of like, what's the right next thing and thinking about how to scale and how to improve and how to make systems stronger. If you had said this to me 10 years ago, I would, I would have told you you were insane. So, but I love it because I did it in a way where every next step was the right next step. And it all, it all was aligned with me and the stuff that I don't like, I will never like bookkeeping. I will never like tax preparation. I pay people. (laughs) I don't do, you know, I don't do my own tech. Like you're amazing. You do so much of your own tech. Like I bow down. I do zero tech. I am not a tech person. You can hire anybody to, to do anything now. And so you don't have to love all of it. Just do the stuff that you love and, you know, get other people to do the rest. And next thing you know, you'll be an entrepreneur in Santa Barbara. That's right. In Santa Barbara. Um, so the, the, I love what you're saying. And I, and I think this is an important thing. First of all, you're exactly right. You only have to until you want to. Yeah. You only, you know, people are like, oh, do I have to do the marketing? Do I have to, like, you will no. fall in love with it. You will fall in love with it. You really will. If you will fall in love with it, then do something else because it's too hard. Right. Otherwise, there's no point. Um, and but this thing of the things you're not good at, give away. That's absolutely true. But you oh can't abdicate, right? So you delegate. You don't abdicate. So you don't do your own bookkeeping, your own taxes. But you do make sure that all, that your bookkeeper's getting all the information that they need. That you're, oh, keeping, yeah. you know, that you keep your business and personal stuff separate. You, right. You keep all your receipts. Yes. You're aware of what the quarterly tax consequences are of your. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh gosh. And I don't, so I don't give that away to anybody. I don't pass the buck. It's like, this is my company. This is my work. I'm in charge. And I, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I've had friends that are like, Oh, my manager stole my money. And I'm like, how did they have access to your money? Oh, well, you know, cause they paid people. Well, why aren't you paying all your people? Well, you know, because I mean, people think, Oh, well, if I get successful, people will steal from me. You don't have to give anybody a way to steal from you. Even your bookkeeper shouldn't have a way to get to your money. You know, well, just pay attention to the reports. <laughs> right. Like, right. Read, they were saying the numbers tell a story. Read oh, the numbers. You have to always watch. You have to always watch. But it's right. it's it's not like this soul sucking activity. It's really not. It's really and not. And the same thing with the tech and the because I know people get really easily overwhelmed by the tech stuff. And I yes. just found, unleashed my inner nerd when I started this business. I didn't know I had an inner nerd. I had never been techie at all about anything before. Um, but part of it was I just didn't know it was supposed to be hard. So I just it. figured it out. Um, but, Love it. but again, I, I, it bothers me when people, particularly my age or a little bit older who are like, oh God, like I can't, like right. it's all just so complicated. I just can't. Right. And I'm like, okay, first of all, first of all, you can do it however you want to do it. If you want to do it, still hand sending handwritten letters through the mail, you can absolutely build a business that way. Oh yeah. And in yeah. fact, it would probably be kind of cool, especially now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you want to do that fine, but it's not that hard. 
like, it's not that complicated. Well, kind of like, you know, when Facebook came along, I put off joining for forever and I thought, oh, this looks complicated. And it's so easy. It's like so many of these tech things now are so intuitive. And a lot of it, honestly, I mean, and I'll admit it, it's laziness. It's just on my part. It's just, I would rather call you at midnight and make you do it. (laughs) I will happily get up at midnight and do it. Which I have done. And she's been a very good friend, people, you know, so... But here's, here's what I'm noticing too. Cause like, there's all this stuff about like, oh, business is so hard. Entrepreneurship is so hard. And it's definitely, it is. But having a job is harder. Having, having a, boss, a job is harder for sure. Office, having to dress up every day, oh having God. office politics, having people get promoted when you did all the work, having people take credit. I mean, the stories people tell me, I have never experienced the hardships of any kind like that. Like, I don't experience what we do as hard. No. And so a couple of years ago, I was in the, um, a nail salon here in Carpinteria. And uh, the woman who's doing my nails happened, happened to be the woman who owns the salon. So we're chatting this and that. And she's got um, a spiral notebook up by the register where like put in your name and email address and, you know, join our mailing list. So because I'm a big Infusionsoft fan and I love email marketing automation and stuff, I'm like, so what happens to those names and email addresses once people write them in the spiral notebook? And she goes, oh God, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, I'm sure somebody, I don't even, you know, I'm like, do you have an email marketing system? Do you follow up with people? No, 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 I don't. I don't. And I'm like, okay, but if you send out something just once a week, even like, hey, 10% off Tuesdays or hey, gel manicure Fridays or hey, it's prom season or I don't know, whatever. Right. do you think you might get one or two more people a day? Yes. Would that make a difference in your business? And she was like, oh yeah, good idea. Oh, but it's just so complicated, I can't. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't want your success more than you want your right. success. So, right. um, but I hear right. stuff like that. I'm like, this is why people, right. this is why small businesses fail is she's got a gold mine sitting in that stupid spiral notebook. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's my yep. lesson. So speaking of business models, before we wrap up, I want you yes. to tell people how your business runs because okay. this idea that like, oh, it has to, you have to do so much. It has to be so hard. Tell them what you do to make money. <laughs> you do two things. Well, okay. So for years I did one-on-one sessions with clients, which right. is how I learned what people wanted, what people were thinking, what people were feeling. I told them where they were on their train tracks. <laughs> I told them what season it was. Uh, I told them uh, when it was going to rain, you know, et cetera. So for years I did that. And then I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Love is in the Stars, The Wise Woman's Astrological Guide to Men, which I only sell through my little world at loveisinthestars.com. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Go there, and then, it. you know, when this big, exciting, amazing online emperor came along, who I worked with for four years, who taught me marketing and helped me figure out my business model. We created a lot of offerings. So I do workshops where I teach women how to communicate with men. I teach women how to date. I teach women how to flirt. I teach women what to, how to understand relationships, everything we should have learned in seventh grade, which sadly, even women in their sixties don't know still after living on the planet all their lives. Uh, And so I do these really fun, really empowering workshops where I teach everything that has been so helpful in my own life that I've learned from others or from studies or from experts or from people I've interviewed when I had my radio show, et cetera. 
And um, so what we did is we filmed a bunch of those and we sell those. And then there are techniques in astrology that are so powerful and so simple that can tell you all about your compatibility with someone else or can tell you all about your timing. I have like a train schedule report that tells you, are you in a time where career would be extra confusing? Are you in a time where love would be like a distant memory, right? Uh, so we created all these reports. We created an astrology calendar unique to you, which is my bestseller. Uh, that uh, calendar is amazing. It's so fun. Thank yeah. you. It's my one best idea I've ever had. I keep wishing I would have another idea like that. But anyway, uh, and so we, so I have a catalog of stuff that I sell. That's one. And every other day I have an article that goes out through my newsletter that links to, to, to offers, believe it or not. So I'm a shameless marketer, but I give so much value away. I give so much wisdom and so many insights and so many tools and techniques. Um, and then I have refunds on anything. So anything somebody buys, if they want a refund, no questions asked, no problem. Here's your money back, right? Uh, and then I do live events still. I do about six workshops a year for women uh, in LA and New York. So much fun. My most rewarding, most fulfilling thing that I do. And that incorporates my improv and my acting and my speaking and, uh, and they're just the best for me. I just love, love, love them. Um, and then let's see. And then my, a third arm of my business is promoting other people's being a portal of resources that have been created by other people who I really believe in, whose offerings offer something that I don't, but that my customer base might need. So like sex advice, internet dating advice, uh, uh, you know, anything that is something a woman on a mission to have more love in her life or have better relationships would offer that I don't have, you know, advice from men about like what they most want in a woman. Like, and so a lot of it's books usually, and sometimes it's courses. So my revenue stream is like a third, a third, and a third. A third of it is affiliate payments, you know, commissions from other people's offerings. A third is live events, and a third is my own catalog sales. And I have, speaking of sales, I have sales, sales work. People love sales. So I have a semi-annual sale on my calendar. And I have, you know, Valentine's Day sales, et cetera. I have early bird specials, all that annoying, obnoxious, like last chance, get it by Friday, blah, blah, blah. We all do that stuff because it gets you past your resistance, people. And it helps us help you. And it helps us keep the lights on. We're not going to lie. It helps the business survive and thrive. And it's just back to that animal brain we all have. You know, we don't want to miss out. We have FOMO. <laughs> And you need to push people yeah. into making a decision. Like if you say, oh, you've got right. an unlimited amount of time to make this decision, then people will take an unlimited amount of time. They won't make a decision, which is in fact making a default decision to not do it. Right. And they're right. not going to change. They're not going to get the benefits. So right. better to push people a little bit. So just right. check this everybody. So Carol sends an email every other day. And in that email, she's got great, yeah. like a really fun article or content or something really interesting to read about. Like I said, I read them and I, I'm not looking for love and I still read it. Um, <laughs> and then there's, and it usually ties into like, oh, and by, if you want more about this, buy my right man report or buy the compatibility right. or buy the calendar. And these are like 20, 50, $90 things. I mean, nothing's. Oh yeah. Most of my stuff is 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 50. The calendar is 49 97 when it's on sale. And then 
my live events are more, but you get a ton with that. And, right. um, and the live events are like Carol and 12 people in somebody's beautiful home, like in a penthouse in New York, overlooking the park. So I just love this, that you can make <laughs> a living sending an email every other day and then yeah. four, six times a year, get together with 12 people in a beautiful penthouse in New York or LA and change people's lives and then go play yeah. around with kitty cats, you know? Yep. I mean, I'm not super like strategic. I'm not a super hardcore like producer and seller. I'm not competitive. I'm in all these chats with all these massive marketing guys that are just like crushing it all the time. And you know, I don't have big upsells. If you come to my workshop, I don't spend the second day pressuring you to hire me for my VIP platinum blah blah blah. I could be a lot smarter about it. But yes, yeah, so speaking of cats, hold on. <laughs> I can't believe none of my cats have come over during this conversation. <gasps> I really spend all my time with. Hi, Penelope. Hi. Yes. So speaking of having more love in your life, get a pet if you don't have one. Adopt. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to work from your kitchen table, you better have a pet. It's <laughs> true. You know, when you get grumpy emails from people and when you have less time to see your friends for a while, I mean, when a business is a baby, it's like having a baby. You won't have time to floss. I'm going to be honest. Like you're going to be very busy. And then when it's a toddler, you can hand it off and you can go get your nails done. <laughs> you can go see a friend. And then when it's like seven, you can be like, oh, I have a kid. Really? Do I? You know, you can like recycle stuff and reuse old offers. And it does really get easier over the years. It really does. But at first it is, it is intense. Unless you have a sugar daddy, which I've never had. Could somebody please, I need to take that course. How do we know, right? <laughs> really? Somebody rescue me. Somebody rescue me. <laughs> Penny won't join the circus. We keep talking about it. And she's, she refuses. Earn that kibble, Penelope. Earn that yeah. kibble. Right? Yeah. So great, Carol. I could talk to you all day and usually do. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything that you want, any parting thoughts you want to leave for the nice people or anything you wish someone had told you when you were starting? Gosh, you know, I just want to say anyone with Sam, you're in the right place. Sam, you know, Sam and I are so alike. We were theater nerds. We were singing camp songs. We were like hanging out with performer. You know, if you had told either of us, at 25, at 30, at 35, we'd be doing this. We would tell you, you were out of your mind. And we were both destitute. I hope you don't mind me saying, like, I was a dog walker. I was a massage therapist. I house sat. I could, you know, I couldn't even afford to sleep in my own bed. I was always sleeping in somebody else's, you know. Um, oh, I should be careful how I say that. But you know what I mean. <laughs> and, um, but like, I just, the thing I never was willing to sell out is I was never willing to get a job I hated. I was never willing to do something I didn't, I wasn't passionate about. I was never willing to take the secure, safe route. And they say about entrepreneurs, what's that saying? Entrepreneurs are people who are willing to do what most people won't. So later they live like most people can't, right? So I can sleep in, I can take the day off at a moment's notice. I can like the friends in town, I can drop everything. I don't answer to anybody. I don't answer to anybody. Anything I want to do, guess who I have to ask? Me. <laughs> it is so 
awesome. I wouldn't trade it for any 401k, any paid vacation, any anything. So, and Sam, you are one of the wisest, smartest, most talented, most multi-dimensional people I know. You can do the tech, you can do this in front of the room stuff, you can do the writing in a closet stuff, you can write incredible poetry, you have so much wisdom, you have so much practical advice. Like people, she's got it all, you're in the right place. <laughs> and trust her, she never lies, she never coerces, she never grinds anybody, you know, she has so much love and compassion and I'm sure they all know this because they're here. And uh yeah, there really is an amazing life on the other side of all of this. And so if if this speaks to you, just take the next right step and see what happens. Exactly, exactly. I remember you and Rhonda Britton and I were having lunch here in Carpinteria a while ago. And as we were walking to this super fancy lunch, um, mm -hmm. in my favorite place, we were talking about like, like, I'm worried that I'm losing touch with the world because... I spend all day doing work that I love with people that I love talking about things I love with other people that I love who are also doing what they love. Like, yeah, you know, we make the money we want to make. And right. Is it because the other thing they say about entrepreneurship? Yes. The opportunity to choose which 80 hours a week you work. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's not like it's. I'm so bad now, Sam. I work like 25. Like I can't, I'm so bad. I'm like, oh my God, Carol, get your butt in the chair. It's You're crazy. living your life and it gives you yeah. time to, you know, you give a lot to, to charitable organizations. You foster give a lot to kids. Foster, foster right. kids. Like right. there's, there's a lot happening. It's not like you're sitting around eating bonbons. We foster kittens around here. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's an amazing opportunity. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think you're exactly but, you right. Know, to your point about doing what we love with people that we love, only working with others who are doing the same thing. I remember when the recession happened in 2008, 2009, and it, I had so many people in my life that were coming to me for support. And they would say things like, well, you know, no one's making any money now and it's so hard out there and nobody can get jobs. And everyone I knew was making more money than they'd ever made. And everyone I knew was kicking ass more than any of us ever had. And I was like, you know what, sweetie, that's going on in the economy maybe, but it's not going on on the internet economy. On the internet economy, there's a gold rush happening and it's like unbelievable and you might want to, I don't know, figure out a skill set to bring to people in the internet economy because you can be out of that system where everything's so hard, you know? I started doing this full time. I mean, I started teaching the workshop, get it done in like 2000, 2001 or something, but like in a church basement in Van Nuys to 12 people. Uh -huh. right? That was my 10,000 hours of getting in front of people, hearing their stories, seeing where they got stuck, seeing what worked for them. <clears throat> I did that for a long time. And then in 2009, I started full-time right in the heart of the recession. Right. And my business went kaboom and doubled right. and doubled and doubled and doubled every right. year. Because partly all that instability that was going on in the economy really worked for me. Right. Because everybody was like, okay, well, the safe thing hasn't worked out so well. The secure True. thing that I thought was going to go so well is... Uh, is completely, you know, I just got fired. He just got laid off. We can't, you know, like I might as well do what I love. Right. I might as well do what lights me up. I might as well fulfill my creative dreams. So it was great for me. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So, yeah. But that is the world we live in now. I mean, that is the world we live in. So 
Beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank I love you, you so much. So much fun. I just adore you. And, uh, and thanks for all your help with my business. Sam's been a godsend. I'm not kidding about those midnight phone calls. I will try to stop, Sam. I will. It's try. okay. I love you. <laughs> Luke always knows it's you. He's like, that's Carol, isn't it? Okay. Oh, that's not true. That's not a true story. Okay. I'm exaggerating. That's not a true story. Okay. Okay. I love Thanks, you. everybody. God bless. Come on in. The water's fine. If you've enjoyed this, but your time is limited and you'd like access to the rest of them, please hop over to therealsambennett.com forward slash freedom. That's therealsambennett.com forward slash freedom. And there you can opt in, get access to all these recordings and a bunch of fun freebies. We'd love to see you there. In the meantime, remember the world needs your good work. Thanks everybody.